0: Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Key Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa. Thank you so much for joining in. I know that you have a choice of literally thousands and thousands of podcasts to listen to, and the fact that you're listening to this one today uh, means that you made a choice to listen to this particular podcast, and I want to thank you so much for that, and uh, thank you so much for making time out of your day uh, to hopefully allow me to be an encouragement to you and a blessing to you as I encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, therefore, My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is is not in vain in the Lord. One of the greatest promises in the Bible, I believe, is that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So whatever you are doing right now for the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, whether you're serving in a church or on the mission field or in a pastorate or Sunday school class uh, or just a layman in the church, whatever it is that you are doing, I hope and pray that you are always abounding in the work of the Lord, looking for more and more opportunities to serve Him, more and more opportunities to stay faithful to Him. Well, what a blessing it is to be back with you again here today. I do want to give a shout-out to Brother Andy uh, Knev- Knezevich. Knezevich. I believe that is correctly uh, pronounced there. He is out at Westgate Baptist Church in uh, Tigard, Oregon, and I just received an email from him the other day thanking me, for the podcast. And so, Brother Andy, thank you so much uh, for that encouragement. And uh, Lord willing, hopefully, this next furlough we'll get a chance to get up there and see you guys again and uh, see Pastor Ben as well. Brother Jeff Guru uh, up there went to college with Brother Jeff Guru and uh, great church up there in Tigard, Oregon. And uh, so, thank you again, Brother Andy, for your words of encouragement. And uh, all those of you that uh, listen to this podcast on a regular basis, every once in a while, you'll send in an email or a text message and uh, just letting me know how it's been a help and a blessing to you. Or maybe not a help and a blessing, just a little bit of an update about what's going on over here. Uh, Whatever it might be, it is good hearing from you. And uh, and I hope and pray that uh, I can continue uh, to use this podcast to encourage you and uh, encourage you to be a help and a blessing to others around you To always abound in the work of the Lord. I do want to uh, give a congratulations to my son Shiloh, uh, who has just finished his Bible college training. And uh, so pray for him. He believes God's called him to preach. He's not really sure what direction he's going to be going into. And uh, so pray for uh, him as he gets ready. He's uh, right now. Uh, working in our home church, uh, serving the Lord there in our home church, working a full-time job. And uh, so pray for my son Shiloh as he uh, seeks God's direction for his life and uh, pray that he'll stay faithful to the Lord. But I know that he is glad not to be in school anymore. And uh, I know that is a great encouragement to him. And uh, so pray for him. Uh, if you would also continue to pray for my son Skylar, who's my youngest son. He's just graduated from high school and uh, he'll be with us for another year probably here in Uganda. He's taken some online Bible courses. And uh, then, Lord willing, when we go back on furlough in June of 2024, uh, we will take Skylar back and he will join Capital City Baptist College there at our home church as well. And excited for my children, excited to hear how the Lord is working in their hearts and their lives. And uh, pray for my oldest son and his wife as they're expecting our second grandchild. And uh, so we are really looking forward to that and excited about them and so pray for their health and their provision as they look forward to having their second baby as well we've been i tell you here in uganda we have been inundated with rain Uh, we are we are normally used to having um, rainy seasons and dry seasons and when it rains in the rainy season we get a lot of rain and uh, when it's dry it gets really really dry But uh, this last rainy season has just been unbelievable as far as the rain is concerned and uh, several roads and lots of people dying from mudslides and uh, uh, people drowning because lakes are rising up. And uh, one of the things that really affects us is between Masaka and Kampala uh, we have one road and uh, it's a two-lane road that goes all the way to Masaka that's the that's the way you're going to get there if you're traveling from uh, Rwanda if you're traveling from Congo or Tanzania uh, or any of the uh, towns or cities uh, near where by where we are you have to take that road to Kampala and uh, there is a bridge that uh, goes over the Katunga River and uh, it's a very long river. Katunga River extends all the way west. to the and actually the their the source of that river gets its water from the Renzori Mountains, uh, but it comes through several lakes and all that. But because of all the rain, uh, just uh, two or three days ago, uh, the water came through and washed away that bridge. And uh, it's actually not too old of a bridge either. Uh, I remember probably maybe ten years ago they built that bridge, and uh, so it's not that old of a bridge. But it's completely washed. Out and so all traffic is stopped between our place and the capital city, and uh, so there is an alternative route. It just takes you way out of the way. It's probably an extra fifty kilometers uh, that we have to travel now to go around this uh, this swamp area, this this river, and uh, to be able to get to the capital city. And so, who knows when that will be fixed? Um, it's 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 hard enough here in Uganda getting potholes filled. Uh, sometimes that takes months and months. Who knows how long it will take to repair? Not repair to actually build another bridge, because that bridge—the bridge was totally wiped out. And uh, so, uh, so we might be uh, taking that bypass around the river there for quite some time now. And so lots of rain, lots of damage in the country. And uh, so just uh, keep us in your prayers as we continue to try to help our churches. And uh, we spend a lot of time on the road, uh, a lot of time in our truck, a lot of time in our vehicles. And uh, so pray for safety. Uh, We just heard of uh, recently Brother Chad Wells, missionary up in Papua New Guinea, who uh, was in a very serious car accident with his wife and son. And uh, praise the Lord, God spared their lives. But uh, I tell you, in these and a A lot of these third world countries where there is not a whole lot of rules and a lot, not uh, very well lit roads and uh, no lines hardly on any of the roads, uh, you don't you don't arrive safely and then just take that for granted. I mean, it is when you get there safely, you are thanking God. And I know my wife makes it a practice every single time we get home after traveling on these roads. Uh, thank you, Lord, for giving us safety on these roads because it is constantly, constantly dangerous. The road between us and the capital city several times has been known as one of the most dangerous roads in the world uh, as far as the number of people that are killed on these roads due to car accidents. And so so it is uh, it's very dangerous pray for all of your missionaries but really especially uh, pray for missionaries in third world countries. Uh, the, the way people get their driving permits and their driver's license is very suspect. Let me just say that and uh, and I, I'm not sure how many of them and, and on top of that the, the just the vehicles themselves, are in very poor shape, very poor condition, uh, very few have good brakes, and uh, the, just the vehicles themselves are uh, in disrepair. And so so it is uh, just, if, if you want to know how to pray for missionaries, uh, just pray for their safety as they drive. Uh, that is a very, very uh, big deal there to pray for. And so pray for us, if you would, a lot of traveling to do. Pray that these roads will get open, repaired, uh, so that we can Uh, Continue going back and forth to our different ministries, uh, ministering to our people there in the northeastern part of Uganda. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians and chapter number 2, 1 Thessalonians and chapter number 2. God is still working here in Uganda. We're so thankful that we have the opportunity to be here. Uh, Continue, continue, continue to please pray for our residency permit. Uh, If you could really, really make that a matter of prayer. Uh, We've been uh, working on this paperwork coming up now for eight months and uh, just really, really trying, and it just seems like every single Time we turn around, um, there's another paper they want, or there's another requirement that they're looking for, and uh, it just doesn't seem to stop. And uh, even after this podcast today, I've got to call our lawyer and find out what's going on and and how things are moving on. And so, really, really, if you would pray about that, uh, that would be a great encouragement to me. And uh, looking forward to hopefully getting a 10 year. Uh, residency permit that will allow us to be able to, to uh, continue to minister here for at least the forbearable or the foreseeable future, and. Uh who knows what happens with politics and all the things that goes on here in Uganda, but at least for the foreseeable future, if we can get a 10-year work uh, visa or a, a residency visa, then uh, that will help us out greatly. First Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, in our last podcast, we ended up in verse number 13. And uh, so we're going to continue in verse number 14. The Bible says for ye brethren and and by the way this church at Thessalonica is a church that I have Entitled for our purposes here on our, uh, on our podcast is a church that was known for always abounding. We saw that in chapter number one. Uh, they were always abounding in faith and love and the preaching of the gospel. This was a church that was not sitting still. It was always going ahead. And uh, so uh, that is why God laid on my heart to go through this book, a tremendous church, a tremendous group of people here. And uh, we have seen that over and over and over here in chapters one and two. But here in verse number 14, for ye brethren became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye have also suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us. And they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their wrath always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoring the more abundantly to see your face with great desire, wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. But what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes today on this podcast, a church that was a crown of rejoicing. A church that was a crown of rejoicing. If you want to see someone who gets excited about another ministry or excited about a church, I get excited about churches and individuals who are always looking to go to the next level. Uh, I hate uh, this this next year. I've already mentioned this in 2024. uh, Lord willing, we're going to be going back on our furlough. And uh, one of the things that discourages me... Uh, Many times about furlough is when you come into certain churches, and it just seems like that church is the same way it was the last time we were on furlough, which was the same way it was the previous time we were on furlough. It just doesn't seem like the church is going anywhere. It's like it's just existing. And and then the thing that encourages me about a lot of churches is when you go to these churches and you see them growing, you you see their their attendance growing, you see their people growing, you see their influence growing, you see their uh, the 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 buildings that they have that they are using uh, for for their ministry is growing. There's a lot of growth that is going on. They are abounding. In the work of the Lord, and uh, and it was no different than the Apostle Paul. Everything that the Apostle Paul, all the news that he received uh, from Thessalonica, whenever he would send men up there to check and see how the how the brethren were doing, all the reports that he got back was that this church was abounding. This church was going on. This church was uh, going to the next level. This church was was not just sitting and existing. This church was trying to accomplish something for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul identifies him. We're going to get to this a little bit, but he says, You are my crown of rejoicing. And, and we're going to talk about what that means uh, here in just a little bit. But let's 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 get back and let's talk about this church and, and let's find out how this church was abounding and in what circumstances were they abounding in. Notice in verse number 14, he says, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ. He says, You became just like the churches in Judea, just like the churches at Jerusalem. In what way? For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. All right, So he says, you are just like the churches of God that were in Judea who were being persecuted by their own people. The Jewish people fought against the apostles. They fought against the church. They fought against uh, the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says, in the same way, you have suffered like, things of your own countrymen. Uh, remember Thessalonica was in Macedonia and so the people of Macedonia were causing the believers here at Thessalonica to suffer just as the Jews of Judea were causing the churches there in Jerusalem to suffer. He says in verse 15 who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, us the apostles, us the, the leadership and they please not God and are kind Contrary to all men. There that though on the outside they are religious, and though on the outside they want to appear religious, they are using their religious uh influence not to further the cause of Christ, not to reach more people for Christ, but they are using their re- religious influence to persecute and to fight against the church. And so Paul says they are against God, they're against us, they're against all men. Why? Verse 16, because they are forbidding. Us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. Now, what and what? I just cannot even imagine the 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 type of a character of somebody who would stand in the way of people getting saved these Jews were so racially motivated they were so religiously motivated that they thought they were the only ones who had any way to God they thought they were the only ones who had in any way the ability to please God and so the Gentiles were on the outside they were the dogs they were the ones that uh, that could not come up to the standards of Judaism and so not only did they not go to the Jew or to the Gentiles to try to help help the Gentiles come to God, the Bible says they actually forbid others who wanted to do that. Can you imagine that? And notice what it says here. And This is, this is absolutely amazing. He says, Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. These are very serious words here when you all right it's one thing if you just sit in your home and you say i'm not going to go preach the gospel all right that 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 that's one that's one area and that's that we we can deal with that on another basis that's just that's being disobedient all right that is that is taking the command of god to go preach the gospel to a creature and just saying i'm not going to do it that's being rebellious okay but when you forbid people to preach to somebody that they might be saved, God says, you have filled up their sin all. You have reached the greatest, highest extent of sin imaginable. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost, all right? The greatest extent of God's wrath, the greatest extent of sin that you can imagine is to forbid people who are willing to be saved, who want to be saved, but you forbid them to go to those who are longing for the gospel, longing to be saved, and you then are, it's just like, remember, he was talking to the Pharisees. He says, you, you, you will go to the extended areas of the earth to make one proselyte, all right? And then when you go there, you make him twofold more a child of hell. In other words, it, it's, it's almost the same. He says, when you go there, when you try to give them something that is false, That person is thinking that they're saved. He says, you you make that person twofold more a child of hell because you have given them a false sense of hope. You've given them a false sense of salvation. And because of that, they're going through life thinking that they're saved. And because they're thinking that they're saved, they never are looking to be saved. And so you've made that person twofold more a child of hell. But now we're going to an, an, uh, an extra level here. Okay. this is this is not someone who's being rebellious and just being disobedient. This is not someone who's out preaching a false doctrine. These are people who are forbidding others to preach to them. These are people who are forbidding others to to uh, to bring the gospel to them. And he says, you have forbid us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sin always, for the wrath has come upon them to the othermost. This is the highest extent of of. of Uh, of sin, this is the, because these people, because of your Uh, standing in the way because of your obstruction to them being able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ these people are not even getting that opportunity to be saved. They're not even getting that opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ because you are forbidding him. So this, this is what this church is going through right now. The church at Thessalonica were fellow sufferers for the gospel's sake. They were facing direct Opposition. They were facing opposition to the gospel. They are facing opposition to the word of God. They were facing opposition to the men of God. And he says, you're going through the same things that the church in Jerusalem, the believers in Judea are going through as well. Now we come down to verse number 17. He says, but we brethren... "...being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoring the more abundantly to see yourself, uh, to see your face with great desire." Now, I talked in our last podcast about having the right kind of testimony. And Paul was talking about himself, how that when he left Thessalonica, he left Thessalonica with a good taste in his mouth. But I want you to notice it was the other way around, too. Paul said, listen, when I was with you, you were a blessing to me. You were an encouragement to me. And so therefore, because of that, he says, I have a great desire to see your face. These people at Thessalonica were Paul's kind of people. These were the people that Paul wanted to fellowship with. These were the people that Paul wanted to hang around. These were the people that that Paul wanted to be friends with. He says, He says, I have great desire to see your face. I have great desire to be with you. He says in verse 18, Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. All Satan loves to get in the way. Satan loves to hinder the work of Christ. He loves to hinder people from getting the gospel. He loves to hinder people from coming to know the truth. But he also loves to hinder the work of God. And if he, in this particular case here, Paul says, I would have loved, once and again, I would have come to you, but Satan hindered us. Now, what does Satan use? Satan used, just like God uses people, Satan as well uses people. And in one way or another, Satan used people to hinder Paul from going, whether it was through persecution or whether it was through uh, the, the situation Paul was at here uh, in where, where he's writing this letter from, it, it the Bible doesn't give us the details of it. We just simply know that Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knew that the reason he was not getting up there was because Satan was fighting against Paul getting back up there. He says, I, I was love to be up there. I would love to be back with you. I would love to fellowship with you. I'd love to encourage you. I would love to preach to you, but Satan hindered us. You know, can I just say this today? There are going to be times in your life where you have a desire to serve God and you have a desire to go places and you have a desire to do things. Satan can hinder you. All right. Now, greater is he that is in you than in he that is in the world, for sure. We know we serve an almighty God, and we know we serve a God that's in control, and we know we serve an all-powerful God. But this verse indicates to us that there are times that God, uh, in, as he allows Satan, the prince of the power of the air, to work here and there, there are times that Satan just puts his foot there and and puts himself in the way and does not allow the work of God to continue. And that is why we have got to be prayer warriors. That is why we've got to be on our knees and praying that God, uh, as, as Paul said in another place of Scripture, he says that the word of God may have free course, that the word of God be not hindered because Satan is going to do his best to hinder us. But here's where I want to draw your attention to, verse number 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Now I want to draw your attention to this because sometimes this verse can be taken out of context. And uh, and sometimes things are said about this verse that really when you study the verse, it is just simply not true. Um, a lot of times we talk about rewards and we talk about the rewards that we will get into heaven and the fact that we will throw crowns down at Jesus' feet. And I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that we are going to be crowned. Uh, I believe that there are crowns that we are going to receive. But let me just say this, when we talk about the five crowns, and sometimes they call this the, the, the soul winner's crown, and but honestly, that this is not a crown that is going to be put on your head. OK, um, and, and, and please, I understand what people are trying to say when they say that and they're trying to say, well, there's five crowns that you can receive, but this is not one of them okay? This is not a crown that is going to be presented to you. This is not a crown that you're going to be put on. The Bible talks about an incorruptible crown uh, that fadeth not away. The Bible talks about receiving a crown of life uh, that is eternal and and those are crowns that that I believe that will be placed upon our heads or in some way uh, placed on our heads that we will eventually, according to the book of Revelation, we will cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus Christ. But this is not One of them. All right. And I'm going to prove that to you here as we look at this passage of scripture. He says, What is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Now, the word crown is a very interesting thing. The word crown can mean a physical object that is put on the head. Uh, The word crown can be. Honor or splendor. We talk about a virtuous woman being a crown to her husband, all right? Um, She brings honor. She brings dignity uh, to her husband. But the word crown can also mean the summit. Okay, we talk about the crown of a hill, um, the crown of a mountain, or whatever. Uh, we talk about the the crown of someone's head. All right, that that's the summit. That's the very the very top. Okay, so when you look at the way this verse is written, he is just simply. This is not talking about a physical crown. Okay, this is talking about people. Okay. Notice, notice how he how he writes this. He asks this question: "For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing?" All right. First of all, he uses the word hope. What is our hope? Our hope, okay, notice in the he because he answers this question in the second part of the verse, so we're going to go back and forth here. Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? So he says, what is my hope? My hope is that I will see you again. I, I would have loved to have come and seen you right now. I would ha- I, Many times I have tried uh, to come and see you. Satan has been hindering us. Satan has been keeping us. But he says, I have a hope that I will see you when Jesus Christ comes back. And, and, and what a great encouragement that is for believers. Amen. You know, the, we, we always have that saying, we'll see you here, there, or in the air. And how true that is. Uh, how many times have we, have we seen brothers and sisters in Christ and we long to see them again? And there, there are brothers and sisters in Christ that I long to be with. And, and, and I, I hope that in my lifetime, I, I, I look forward to seeing my, my parents again. And I look forward to seeing my, my brothers again. And I look forward to seeing my pastor again. But it may not happen in this lifetime. All right. I may long for that and I long, may long to be with them, but my hope is that, my confidence is that I will see them again. And so Paul was not discouraged by the fact because Paul Paul was very heavenly minded. Paul was not of this earth. And Paul had set his affection on things above uh, unlike any other person had. And so his mind was already in the heavens. His mind was already in the future and saying, hey, you know what? I've tried to see you, Satan has hindered us. I've tried to get up there to visit you. Satan hindered us, We, we weren't able to do it, we weren't, we weren't able to go, but I have hope that I will see you again. Amen. And, and what a great encouragement that is to us because that is our hope. What is our hope, all right? We will be with you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming. Now notice in ver, uh, the second thing he says, what is our joy? What is our joy? What, what is it that from the from the innermost parts of our our life, what brings us joy? What brings us a, a peace and a happiness and a, and, a, and, a, and a joy for the Lord Jesus Christ? He says, it's you, all right? You're the one that keeps us going. You're the one that keeps us motivated. You're the one that keeps us going and, and he says, this joy that I have in the Lord that I will see you. Again, I will see you again. What great joy that is! Now, he companies that joy with rejoicing. All right. He says, he says, what is our crown of rejoicing? Now, this is not when you go down to verse number 20, he says, ye are our glory and joy. He's talking about people here. He's not talking about a physical crown that we put on the head. So I believe when he says, what is our crown of rejoicing? In other words, what is the highest extent of of rejoicing what is the highest summit if you, if you if you looked at joy as a mountain if you looked at joy as a large hill what would be the summit what would be the crown of that rejoicing what would be the topmost part of our rejoicing is the fact that i will see you again i will see you again you know the older i get the more and more people I have known that are starting to pass away, and uh, and I suppose that's the way it is for anybody. I mean, when you're young, you you have most of the people you know are 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 younger people, and and the people you're familiar with, and and uh, you know, you just I, I I just heard the other day that uh, one of the professors of the Bible College that I attended to uh, passed away, went to heaven. And, you know, the older you get, it just seems like more and more people that I have been associated with, that I have been around, that I have known, are starting to pass off the scene. But you know what ought to fill our hearts with joy and ought to be the summit of our rejoicing, ought to be the crown of our rejoicing, is the fact that we will see these people again. Paul had no idea. He says, Right now, it does not look good for me to see you on this earth. Right now, it does not look good that, that we are going to get back up to Thessalonica. Uh, we are trying. We are doing our best. We have tried time and time again to get up there. Satan is fighting against it, Satan is hindering us, and we're just not making it happen. But the height of my rejoicing is that I will see you. Again, look what he says. He says, for what is our hope? What is our joy? What is our crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Paul said the greatest thing that you can be joyful about is those that have gone before us. Those that we may never see again in this life. We will see them again. I'm sure most of you have heard of the recent passing of uh, Brother Ron Hamilton, and uh, what a what a what a man that's had such an influence uh, in independent Baptist churches around the country in the area of music and and putting out the right kind of music and teaching about music and providing uh, writing songs and and you know the, the patch the pirate all these things and you know I never my my brother and his family had a chance to meet him I never had a chance to meet him. And uh, I was watching online on YouTube. They had uh, the graveside service, and uh, the preacher was preaching, and uh, uh, I, I did not get a chance to watch the funeral that was there at Bob Jones University, but he described the funeral service as one of the greatest services that he'd ever been in his life. Now, why is that? How how in the world can we as God's people, how in the world can we as Christians have such a great time at a funeral service? How can we rejoice so much? How can we get so excited? And, and, and yes, though in the hearts and lives of the family, uh, there is a grief that that person is no longer with them on this earth, but yet as Christianity and as brothers and sisters in Christ, we, we are so joyful and we are so excited and we are so filled with, with hope and filled with confidence because as believers and as Christians, we know, we know Without any shadow of doubt, we will see them again. And so Paul said, listen, I I really would like to see you. I really would like to be with you. But if it doesn't happen, I am not discouraged. I am not down. I am not going to grumble and complain because the crown of my rejoicing is that you will be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. And I will see you again. And he identifies it very specifically in the very last verse. For ye, remember he asked the question, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Verse number 20, for ye are our glory and joy. It's you. You, Knowing that you're saved, knowing that you're born again, knowing that you are in Christ, knowing that I will see you again brings such a great confidence. This was a church That brought a crown of rejoicing to the Apostle Paul because he knew beyond any shadow of a doubt, he knew he would see them again. No matter what the persecution, we saw the persecution in in Judea. We saw the persecution in Macedonia. Uh, They have killed the Lord Jesus Christ. They have killed the prophets. They're persecuting us. Uh, There were people that Paul knew that might die because of the persecution, uh, because of Satan hindering. Paul says, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up there again. All these things, keeping Paul from being able to see them again. The persecution, no doubt, was so great, Paul could not get back up there. But Paul says, hey, the height of my rejoicing is that I will see you again one day. You, you are what causes me to joy. You are saved. You are born again. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. I will see you again. I've got four children in the United States. I hope to see him again. I uh, thank God for 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 FaceTime and thank God for WhatsApp and all these different things that makes the world a little closer than it really is, but I would love to be able to be with my daughter. I would love to be able to be with my sons. I would love to be able to be with my uh, daughter-in-law and my grandkids. I would love to do that. That would be a great that would be a great joy for me, but but if something happens where I can't leave the country, or there's something happens that 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 I I pass away, or or uh, or something happens here in the country politically where we're not able to get out, or if something happens on the other side when we lose one of our children, hey, it, it, it will be a grief to me. It'll be a heartache to me because I know that in this life I'll never see them again. But it ought to be a great crown of rejoicing knowing that i will see them again they are my crown of rejoicing the fact that my children know jesus christ as my savior they are my joy they are my glory they are what makes that they are what makes all this this confusion in the world the persecution in the world the the depravity of this world that is what makes everything look good is the fact that I will, we're, we're not of this world. We will be in heaven one day. We will be in his presence one day. And so Paul was encouraging this church. He said, Listen, church, I wanna see you. My heart is with you. I, I wanna fellowship with you. I wanna preach with you. I wanna do all these. Satan's hinder us. It just doesn't look like right now that I'm gonna be able to get up there. But he says, You know what our joy is? You know what our hope is? Our crown of rejoicing? We will be together in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. Paul said, you, you people in Thessalonica, you are my joy. You are my glory. You are the ones that make me look good. You are the ones that cause me joy in my heart because I know I will see you again. Amen. What a great encouragement that is. I, I, I There's a lot of people in this earth that I want to see again on this earth. All right, Uh, But, you know, I'm over here in a small little country in eastern Africa, and uh, a lot of the people that I know, a lot of the friends that I have in the United States, you know, if if I do get a chance, I might see them every four or five years when we go back on furlough, and, and that's fine. But there may be some I never see again on this side. But I tell you what, in my heart there's a great crown of rejoicing because I will see them again. Amen. Never met Ron Hamilton on this side, but I'll see him. I'll meet him. I'll talk with him. I'll be with him. All those that have gone before me, the prophets, the apostles, great preachers, great missionaries, David Livingstone and and, uh, and Amy Carmichael and all the all these people that you hear so much about, we will see them again. What a great crown of rejoicing. Amen. What that that ought to be the summit of your rejoicing, the top of your rejoicing, the hope that we have that we will see each other again because of Jesus Christ, Amen. Well, what a blessing that is! The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen and verse number fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in. What a blessing. Uh, I hope that this has been a great encouragement. Maybe you've gone through something in your life where you've lost somebody that that you love, somebody that you had that you cared much for. Uh, but I assure you that your crown of rejoicing is that you will see them again one day at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. uh, Wherever you uh, listen to your podcast, whatever platform you use, just simply hit that subscribe button. And every Friday, every Friday, Lord willing, we will upload a new podcast for your encouragement, encouraging you to abound in the work of the Lord, as well as bring you up to date as to what is happening here in the country of Uganda in our ministries here. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your financial support. Uh, Without you, we could not do it. And so I want to thank you so much for all of that. And uh, I'm going to try something and uh, I, I don't know when I'm going to get this going. Uh, my son recommended it. My oldest son, Shane, recommended it, trying to offer a page on our website uh, so that maybe there's some specific questions uh, that you might have about our ministry, our family, or maybe uh, questions that you might have that uh, that you might need some encouragement in to abound in the work of the Lord. Uh, I'm going to try to work on that and uh, see if we can't get that page uh, put on our website. And that way... Um, um, we can also have some interaction going back and forth uh, with, uh, with the media here and uh, being able to talk to you and specifically answer uh, specific questions you might have. So that's in the works. We're t- I'm trying to think about that and seeing how we can properly uh, do that and make that happen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to let me be a part of your day. What a blessing that is. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord, and we will see you again next Friday. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host, or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.